Hello. <laughs> you look cheerful this morning. Yeah, I'm kind of cheerful. Looks dark and gloomy outside as fall started um, in, in New York. No, it, it's in the 70s, so it's quite nice out in a way, but it's definitely rainy and cloudy. And um, uh, got a band practice later. Rian and the kids have left town, leaving me alone in the house to my own devices, um, which means I'm just wasting time, basically. Nice. Messing nice. around with the guitars. Big band practice, some recording, just some, uh, some playing. We're just going to do some playing this time. Um, I think, I think that Lauren might stick around and do some oohs and ahs later on. But, uh, but, uh, yeah, so I, you know, uh, we have a couple of, we did some stuff in the two weeks we've been silent. Want to talk about the stuff? I ate a lot, I went to places and ate a lot of food. I, I got to tell you that. It has been a couple of weeks. Yeah. You, uh, you'd already come back from the shore. You went to Philadelphia. I did. And uh, I don't think I went anywhere. No. Oh, I did a thing. I had a show. You had a show. That's show. one of the things I want to talk about today. That's right. Um, but uh, I don't know what people eat in Philadelphia. Well, I'll t- I'll I'll tell you in a minute. But I should first say, I think I think uh, I'm not going to put anything in print on the internet about this. But I think it's fa- safe to say on the podcast. I, I went to New York to meet with the uh, supporting. Uh, entities for the literary magazine that you and I ah, and Rian yes. and Alice are starting. Yes. So, Do you say the name of it yet, or are we going to hold the name back? Why don't, we hold, name back? why don't we hold it back? Why don't we hold it's it back? It's a good name. It's a good name, I think. <laughs> Sneaks up on you. Yeah, it's got like a got a, got a carnivalesque kind of feel to it. At first, you kind of have to wrap your head around it, say <laughs> it a few times out loud, yeah. adjust to it. You got to get used to it. Yeah. And then it's then it seems like it's a fixture that is that has always been. Tis always been. <laughs> yeah, I think it's evocative of a certain a certain uh, faded comic aesthetic. It's a little carnivalesque. It's a little it's a little snack foodie. I think it's, it's good. Nice, it's a nice uh, typeface. Oh yes, yeah. I, I well, I found that on uh, the internet where you find the things. These days, but uh, can we can we at least say what the typeface is so that that people can look that up on their own? Yeah, do you do you remember? I don't remember what it's called. No, <laughs> no it's a mystery even to me. <laughs> even to us, it's unknown. Uh, yeah, so uh, we're we're going to go forward with it. It's going to start publishing in January. It's going to publish a short thing. Once a week, a thousand words or less. Yeah, so something around there. We might let, there. let right. things. Not going to count longer. any words. No, yeah. no. And uh, contributors are actually going to be paid hundred bucks. Paid and, money, cash money. Yep. In a check, a check form. And I haven't told you this yet, but um, uh, I guess I can say it's going to be under the aegis. It's going to be the under the electric literature uh, banner. Right. Banner. It's very aegis. exciting. Yeah. Very exciting. And uh, Electric Lit is wants us to have a launch party in New York City in January. Well, we can do that. Yeah, well, we're definitely going to do that. But I want to let you know so that you could make plans to come to the East Coast at, great, at great expense to, <laughs> to celebrate. Well, already, uh, at some point in January, I'm already going to be in Mankato, Minnesota. You're halfway there. <laughs> I'm halfway there. So I'm in Seattle to Mankato, Mankato to New York. Yeah. So a well-traveled path. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
I think that's a that's a good little odyssey, a mic a microdyssey. It might will. be pronounced uh, Mankato, Minnesota. I don't know, <laughs> but I know how to pronounce New York adequately. So I'll, I'll I'll look forward to that. That's gonna be a lot of fun, John. Yeah, I'm looking forward. It's to gonna it blow too. people's minds. Yeah, with literature. Yep. Yep. When was the last time literature did that? I don't remember uh-huh. that. <laughs> Every all the time, John. I always I'm I'm always doubtful of any every sophomore English class any stories someone's... well only with the assistance of herbal refreshment maybe in sophomore English you come back from the Corvette stoned and you saunter into <laughs> Mr McDonald's class and he lays on you some Wilfred Owen and you're like wow wait a minute did you have a Corvette in high school or are you just making this up all high school students have Corvettes John. <laughs> Uh, they may not be actual Corvettes, but they're all cor- my station wagon, my 1978 Buick estate wagon named Beulah, <laughs> was a Corvette of the mind. <laughs> oh yes. So uh, yeah, I'm 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 always skeptical of any tales of uh, art and literature blowing minds. You know the the right. famous the famous uh, riding at the performance of the Rite of Spring. I just, just some booze. I, I just don't. I don't buy it. I mean, I kind of buy it, but I, if it if it was real, it had to be kind of tongue in cheek. It had to be like this is so wacky. Let's freak out. They must have mm-hmm. been high. Must have been high, as the must've super suckers been, say. Must have been yeah. high. It's a good song. Must have been high. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, there's a bit in in um, Fred Ben Lerner's uh, first novel, Leaving Atocha Station. Yeah. About this, that people always uh, the characters walking around the the Prado, I think, or the the Prado, some museum. And he's thinking about all the people who 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 have who claim to have big art experiences. You know how this painting changed them, or this sculpture <laughs> changed them. It says, but he's noticed uh, he himself notices little change in the person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever change there is must be hard to see. Yeah. Hard to discern from the outside. <laughs> Funny how you're still an asshole, <laughs> still a jerk. <laughs> so yeah, uh, so my Philly. The point of my Philly trip was because what I needed in my life was to join a rock band in a, another city. Yeah, I, I have. I'm. I've become part of the live. Um, uh, what would you call live ensemble of? Uh, I think like Midnight, which is this. This it started out as sort of an, an impromptu fake band uh, with my friends Andrew and Dean. We did a little, we recorded a record here at my house, and it turned out so good that um, we've decided to play some shows. So I went down there there to see if we could make it all happen live because the songs came together as you know they were written in the studio. Basically, Andrew had written mm-hmm. some riffs, but we we just kind of put it all together as as we went, mm-hmm. and uh, and the songs had names like thirteen. And forty-seven, mm-hmm. uh, but um, your respective uh, ages. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's actually both of my ages. I'm <laughs> simultaneously thirteen and forty-seven. Uh, and so, so I went down there to see if we could pull it off live. With it. Andrew had found a bass player, and it was actually great. We sounded great. It was really fun. So uh, we'll probably do it again and play some shows. Did you try it out in front of people? Did you play a live show? Uh, no, practiced no. as if. As if live. See, I was, I was playing through the songs without uh, recording them. I was game. I was game to just, just schedule a gig without ever practicing. 
and then yeah. practice before the gig. Like that that's kind of my MO, which is if you if you have any excuse whatsoever to put off doing anything, chances are you're you're just not gonna do it. Or you'll do it half acidly or you'll worry about it between you know all that time. So I was like, let's just let's just have a show. Let's schedule a show. And Andrew said, uh, no, 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 I gotta see we have to see if it's a real band. We have to see if it works. So that was what it was for, to see if it works. You could have done it though, because everybody has everybody has the live chops, right? Everybody yeah. plays live. Everybody's really enough. quite experienced. So, so. I know how not to fall off the front of the stage, for example, which way to face <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> some of the conventions of standing in front of people. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's uh So that wasn't the problem. That it wasn't, wasn't the, problem the problem. See if all three of you could face the right direction and Yeah. We knew how to do that. And and there was a, a bass player who was equally experienced as everyone else. And it turns out John Paul Jones. Um we'll call him that. A gentleman yeah. will call John Paul Jones. <laughs> and uh um uh the only problem was that everyone is too polite. Everyone no. kept uh, kept apologizing after after each song. Gosh, I'm sorry. Oh dear, sorry, I about forgot that. the chords. So low. <laughs> was I too loud? That was everyone was saying. That. Was I too loud? No. <laughs> Turn up, really? <laughs> so we agreed that we would have a um, part of our our stage because it's an instrumental band. We realized that we spend a lot of the time between songs just wisecracking. Um, so we're all going to need microphones just for the wisecracking, but um, <laughs> right, but not for the, not for the actual vocals. <laughs> no, no, they'll never be sung into. Um, but uh, we're going to have a, a towel that we're just going to ball up and scream apologies into between songs to um, to prevent us from being too polite on stage. We'll yeah. tr- we're turn- we're going to turn regret into rage. Is the goal? Nice. That's the name of the album. I wonder about other instrumental bands. And and what their policies were on on between song wisecracking or or talking, yeah. Herb Alpert, the Tijuana Brass, the Ventures, yeah, the Ray the Ray Beats. What do they do during their shows? They the must Ray Beats. You remember the Ray Beats? Yeah, it was like twelve guitars, right? It was a big guitar band. Yeah, it was a it was a pre Wall of Sound, Wall of Sound, or maybe mm-hmm. post Wall of Sound. It was a different Wall of Sound. Yeah, Sound Wall. Yeah, two point. Too. But yeah, I, I've often wondered that, and I haven't seen many instrumental bands live. I saw um, Explosions in the Sky last year uh, in Syracuse, but they are post-rock, so they are they do drama, the dramatic, and mm. they had a light show, and their songs are long and droney, and so their non, non-quipping seemed appropriate. You mean uh, they have skits? We put on skits between songs. <laughs> that's 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 your uh, that's your stage show. They did not illustrating patriotism. Or... <laughs> but no, I don't. I don't. I don't know what the convention is. So uh, we'll have to look into that somehow. Find but, out what the ventures did and do that. I think. Do as the ventures do. Do as the ventures do. They walked. They didn't run. Or did they run? They didn't walk. Parenthetic. Yeah. Um, but the whole reason I mentioned this is to tell you that uh, all the way down to Philly, I actually wrote ahead of time to Andrew, who I was staying with, who I haven't seen in a while. He's a good friend, and I was looking forward to catching up with him. But I told him, I warned him a week in advance, I need to be alone for a while when I get there because I need to go to have my ritual, which is to walk to Center City and go to Underdogs and eat two fancy hot dogs. You went to college in this town. 
I did. Well, they, this place didn't exist. Well, I'll tell uh-huh. you the, the how I discovered underdogs, and this is how it became a. Um, this is how it became a um, kind of legendary in my mind. A couple of years ago, I was I um, was at this uh, f- the literary festival, the two one five festival. That's that's run by my friend uh, Joey, and he invited me down to give a reading, and the reading went fine. And then afterward, uh, we went to another venue where there was a band playing, and Joey uh, encouraged me to come backstage, and then gave me some weed to smoke. And as you know, I don't really do that, and it makes me very confused, and I don't enjoy it very much. But it was a you know it was a social it was a social uh, uh, transaction that I wanted to participate in with my friends. Right. So. I yeah, smoked a little weed and then then listened to some more music. And before I knew it, I was extremely hungry and really, really confused. So when uh, people drove me home, home being the hotel I was staying in, um, I was saying, God, I'm so hungry. And it was like a Sunday night at, you know, 1130. And I was like, what's open? What's open in Center City? What should I go eat? And we were nearing the hotel, and at, and people were still debating when we arrived. And as I was getting out of the car, I heard someone say before I slammed the door shut. Isn't underdogs around here somewhere? And I and then they drove off. And then I thought, I need to find this place. It must be a it must be a hot dog restaurant. And instead of taking up my phone and and Googling it, <laughs> I forgot I had my phone. I just began wandering the streets of Philadelphia uh, calling friends. <laughs> I, had the, I had the phone in my hand and I didn't think to and I walked for about 45 minutes, and I never found this place. And then the next day, when I was getting my car out of the garage to go back to Ithaca, it turns out that this place was directly across the street from the hotel all along, <laughs> and I could have just walked in and eaten. So when I went back to Philly the next time, I made a point of going to Underdogs, and it was uh, better than I imagined it could be. Yeah. Uh, I'm on the website now on underdogsphilly.com, which I'll put in the notes. But I'm looking um, at it, too. Nice typefaces for the various uh, dogs. And they have a kind of charming, dirty uh, uh, ambiance in there. They've got, um, they've got, uh, if you, I guess if you eat, if you eat all the hot dogs, sort of like, you know, one of the, sort of like the shot clubs at a, at a crappy bar. If you eat every hot dog on the menu, you get a, like a thumbs up uh, with your thumbs up painted on the wall with your name painted inside it. So the walls are covered with these thumbs up. Nice. So this last time I had, um, let's see. I think California I had, dreaming. I had that the first time I went and it was great. Avocado, tomato, lemon, mustard, vinaigrette. Very good. Uh, this time though, I had the Marrakesh spicy lamb sausage with harissa mayo and Mediterranean salad. And uh, I believe the other one that I had was... You mean the actress, the... Harissa Mayo? <laughs> Is such a person? <laughs> Should be. Doesn't it sound like a like an up-and-coming actress, Harissa Mayo? <laughs> she sounds hot. Starring Leonardo DiCaprio and Harissa Mayo. <laughs> and introducing Harissa and Mayo. And Veggie Tales, the live action. <laughs> uh, the other thing I had, I think, was the Georgia Bulldog. Pepper hash and Georgia mustard barbecue sauce, and they have good French fries too. So uh, I got my processed meat Jones satisfied for another six months. But um, great place. You didn't have the PB and J dog. Uh, no, I didn't. Where the hell's that? I don't know. It's on their Twitter page. Really? 
Maybe they didn't actually make it. They don't want to go. They don't want to go public with it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, like a secret show of hot dogs. <laughs> it would be cool to have. I think there should be more secret menu items at restaurants that mm-hmm. you can only discover on social media. Yeah. So I think I think it's great. Later that day, uh, we had band practice. Then uh, met up with a bunch of friends, my cousin, and went to this uh, restaurant, Vietnam restaurant eat at vietnam.com not a very um very template looking website but delicious vietnamese food um served in a mildly hostile highly eccentric manner and then it was off to um hopsing laundromat which i've told you about before i think mm-hmm. the um the bizarre gaudy um uh cocktail bar in chinatown uh run by this um this hilarious guy named Lee, I guess around our age, and is good at building a personal mythology for himself. Joey, uh, my friend who who brought us there, calls Hopsing Laundromat the. Um, he says it's like the what the faculty lounge at Hogwarts would have looked like, nice. and I think that's about right. Um, but I had a bunch of expensive and delicious cocktails there, so it was turned out to be twenty four really good hours of eaten. And then one of my hosts, Audra, made me a Dutch baby. Have you ever had a Dutch baby? I don't know what a Dutch baby is, except for a child of a Dutch person. Yeah, that's what it was. No, it's a type of uh, it's a type of unpuffed up pancake made with uh, with corn uh, meal, corn meal. Here, it's on, no. it's got a Wikipedia page. Sounds nice. Dutch baby pancake, sometimes called a German pancake, a Bismarck or a Dutch puff, is a sweet popover that is normally served for breakfast. It is derived from the German Fankuchen. Eggs, flour, sugar, and milk. Well, she made it with cornmeal, but it says here eggs, flour, sugar, and milk. Local variation, I suppose. Yeah. Do you want a Dutch baby? Hey. Would you like to have a Dutch baby? How many Dutch babies you want? How many... (laughs) What is it going to take for me to get you into a Dutch baby? <laughs> I got three or four Dutch babies for you right here. Would you like a Dutch baby? <laughs> I don't, don't like that at all. <laughs> um, that's good. That's good eating. That's good Philly that's eating. Good. What would you eat good when you were a student? Did, would you splurge and go? Um, uh, I mostly, I mostly ate the, cash, the eat cafeteria. I didn't have a whole lot of mad money in college, so... Um, yeah. What I would like to do is find a bar that had a happy hour where if you bought a pitcher of beer, you could eat all the, all the, taco, asparagus. All the terrible tacos that you wanted. There was yeah. a place that had that a couple of times a week, so that was sort of a treat night. Uh, every once in a while, um, if I had a little extra money, I'd maybe uh, arrange a um, arrange a, a, an outing to Marrakesh, which was a, your traditional sit-down um, you know, holy crap! What kind of food is that? Marrakesh. What? It's this. That's the name of every restaurant of this variety. Where the hell's Marrakesh? Why am I blanking? It's on in it? Morocco. All right, that's it. So the general Mediterranean place. Yeah, you get some baba ganoush. There's some lamb. Pita bread. Some lamb skewers. Oh, good. It's still there. Marrakesh is still there. Um, yeah, Marrakesh East Coast. Yeah, so it's uh, Moroccan food. A lot of a lot of sliced almonds, a lot of lamb, a lot of nice. lot of pastry. So uh, and you'd sit, you know, you'd sit on cushions. It was an awkward first date kind of place. Because of the cushions. Because of the cushions, yeah. Yeah. 
because you because you're sitting cross-legged that's kind it's kind of um kind of make outy you know the seating but you can't make out there yeah it's like a make out room with food yeah but you can't make out in it Nah, that's a problem yeah i don't like it no no but the food was good so yeah or i'd go and i'd go over to wawa the convenience store chain in Philly is still Wawa, and I would get some uh, tasty cake uh, fruit pies, usually the lemon or the blueberry tasty cake fruit pie. Food places of the world, your your local cheap Mediterranean place, like when you're in college, yeah, or a Thai place or a Vietnamese place. These are these are important and time honored rituals in, in breaking away from the suburb. Right or your yeah. small midwestern town is learning the things on the menu. These these are things that help you uh, do do more than than uh, the curriculum does right. in in helping uh, reestablish uh, some sort of identity or yeah. or or help you convince yourself that you're different than you were. You know, yeah. so you go home and you you, so you, can, so you have something to talk about when you go home to. Uh, to help you be superior uh, to your parents. That's right. It's for them, canned foods. Something for they're, them. Something for your parents to feel vaguely fascist sandwiches. <laughs> that's right. To feel vaguely threatened and and yeah. uh, underappreciated. Baba Gawat. <laughs> exactly. Oh, so Ed, uh, you. Uh, the triggering town review has come and gone. You said you had a packed house. But, I, I do. But one one last question regarding oh, shows. So sure. do you all have a? Do you all uh, you're gonna book a show? You all gonna do a? You have something on the calendar for I, the? Uh... I'm a, I'm a I'm a plan ahead kind of guy, but this is not this is not my outfit. So I I right. I send out an email saying let's let's book a show. You're for um, it, but you know, but you know, I'm also trying to book shows for our. Band right. too, and I don't want to step on step on each right. other's toes. But I'll, I'll say it's going to happen one of these days. There'll probably be one in Ithaca, and there'll be one in in Philly. That'll be great. And I think what it depends on one when uh, Andrew finishes the artwork for the album and then gets the CDs made because we'd like to have something to sell at these shows. Yeah, but it's a really good record, mastered by my friend Scott at uh, um, Old Colony mastering studio in boston and uh he did our record and he, he it just sounds terrific nice that's great triggering town did come uh and go it it, it started at seven thirty, as predicted by the tickets uh last friday and uh when i left the 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 lighting booth to come down for uh, the curtain call i looked and saw that it was exactly nine o'clock and wow. this is i am most proud of 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 this, yeah. Above all other achievements of the show, which there, which there were many. We put we put together a set. I learned how to like you know do lights, yeah, and and talked people into you know doing the show. We made a script. We made a we made art. You know, we made camaraderie. We we filled the house more or less for two nights. We made our money back. Most proud that it started on time and that it ended right at nine o'clock. Because my threat was. At nine o'clock, the lights lights are coming up, whether the show's done or not, because because yeah. almost everything in Seattle goes hours, <laughs> boring hours pa- past uh, when it's it's supposed to end. You don't want to be like that. No, no. 
I'm trying to change. I feel like I, I helped Seattle move forward a little bit by ending a show at 9 o'clock. Not that 9 o'clock was the important hour, but 9 o'clock was the goal. That was an hour and a half. That's yeah. with an intermission. That's with like a 15-minute intermission. And it's hard getting people uh, out and back into a, to an event. You, you're afraid you can. You're afraid you're going to lose them. I don't. I wasn't afraid I was going to lose anybody. No, you knew. I knew. I knew we were going to keep people. Partly because um, just a few minutes before intermission, someone got almost naked. Oh, right. Oh, I thought I saw so, some undies uh, on. on there was someone who stripped down to his to underwear. You yeah. Know? Um, but I think that made people wonder what's going to happen in the second act. Sure. Um, Are the underwear so staying on or not? Stick around. Yeah. Stick around for the skin show. Although they were disappointed in that. There's no <laughs> no more skin. Yeah, but they got some comedy. There was some comedy. Yeah. I mean it end right before intermission, Abe Lincoln kills Centaur George Washington in a sword fight. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Staged sword fight. Um and George Washington delivers a dramatic death speech um in, in her his her defense. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's felt like an ending. I think people thought maybe this was the whole show because a president had died. Yeah. But, but, uh, but people came back. People came back from intermission. I, I thought they would. And then, uh, nine o'clock, it was over. I don't think anybody else cared whether it ended on time or not. Yeah. In fact, it was going so well that people probably would have, would not have minded it going a little longer. Well, when I asked you about it off mic, you were um you were less than it seemed like maybe you felt it had some shortcomings it seemed that you were perhaps uh not entirely pleased but now you're sounding more enthusiastic about it well i was worried yeah i mean have i talked to you since i mean i sound less than pleased after the show is over yeah yeah i I was just i was tired i was so exhausted yeah you know when it was over um you know we had Sam Sam Watts, my, my my co-producer, we had spent you know twelve hour days for a week, um, or so, twelve ish, sometimes eight, I suppose. But even when we weren't actually at the theater working on it, we were at home working on it. It spent so much time for the, the two weeks leading up to it that when it was over, of course, the the familiar thing that happens after a show like that is you just feel you don't feel a sense of accomplishment. You just feel tired and aimless. Yeah. Right, yeah. purposeless. Sure. What do it's I my, do now? That's my uh, to... my uh, it's coiling cables alone on stage after a gig uh, uh, feeling. Yeah, you love that. I've come around to loving it. Yeah, you like putting things in their place. We went. To, I took the kids, uh, a couple people from the band, and uh, my kids and I went to uh, went to hear Spoon um, mm. Friday night. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were great. They kicked off their new tour in Ithaca. This seems to be a, a thing. Lately, bands kicking off their tours at the State Theater in Ithaca, um, but it was they were fantastic, it was a great show. But Owen said uh, between acts, um, as the opening act was cleaning up and the roadies had come out, this little this crew was coming out to set up for the set up for Spoon to play. Owen was was visibly visibly agitated. He said, "This is this is why I'm not in a band. I just this is stressing me." He said, "It's stressing me out just to watch it. I can't." I can't stand it. This was one of your hesitations about uh, uh, 
about playing live shows again after a couple a couple yeah. years ago. Yeah, because yeah. I used to feel that way too. I it yeah. just was. Um, I I just remember being in college and hauling equipment um, through the streets of West Philadelphia at two in the morning, and I just didn't have the constitution for it. But now I've I still don't. But um, but I can go zen now that I'm a, a grown man. So anyway, you had that feeling after the the show of exhaustion and. Uh, you know, just yeah, to- purposeful. Yeah, I, I, I was uh, there was there was, had been so much to do, so many people to corral, you know, pleasantly and willingly, but still a lot of phone calls, a lot of email, a lot of you know, in person. Let's do this. Let's do that. Mm-hmm. Some cajoling, some getting some people to do things they didn't want to do, or it was dif- some dif- some difficult asks of things. Yeah. Um, but you know, you feel. I felt very important briefly, you know, like oh, look at all the stuff that I have to do. Yeah. As, as a person without a job, I'm not, you know, I'm not used to doing anything, but, you know, changing diapers and writing poems, you know, which are, which are difficult tasks, but fairly personal, you know, uh, familiar rituals. You know. Yeah. Uh, and it was, it was, I was uh, always driving over to pick up Sam because they only have one car. And and just you know spending all this time with with you know another kind of nervous energy creative person, um, uh, and then I missed that. And uh, well, you're going to do it again. And I missed worrying. I missed worrying about whether we were going to going to be able to pull it off, whether people would like it, whether people would show up. You missed worrying. I missed worrying. That's filled a yeah. lot of space in your uh, yeah. in your head. Yeah, I missed worrying. Are you over that now? Are you happy not to be worrying? I guess so. I now I'm. I, I just don't know what my next project is. Well, it's going to be I'm episode two, isn't around. it? Well, I suppose, yeah, we're going to do a second one, and I, I need to start some sort of new book. But I don't know what it is because uh, um, you know the, the the next book of poetry has been taken. I don't really know any details on 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 what that means as far as this, the schedule or how much work still needs to be done but yeah you know so to start some sort of new project yeah we're going to do a next uh, triggering town um uh, maybe at the hugo house maybe somewhere else we're thinking may of I, a, thing, the triggering a... town soul review soul review the triggering town soul review there being a lot of uh, uh keyboards uh-huh. and, uh, kind of soul music uh nice. based or is it motif? Yeah, I like it. Soul food. Soul food, soul music. Uh, may I suggest uh, November 9th or tenth as a as a date for that? A little early, but it would be nice to do it when you're when you're here. Yeah, it looks like that's when I'm going to be there. Yeah. Uh, maybe you can be part of a, a planning session. The planning sessions were. As much fun as as anything else. Yeah. All right, I'm I'm game for that. I'll I, have a, I have a rec- special planning some... table. I have a special folding table and chairs for planning the Triggering Town review. Really? What kind of my chairs? Mo- are my they? mother's bridge cha- bridge folding table. It's a very sturdy mm. folding table, and the the soft chairs, soft folding chairs. You can get a lot of work done at this table. It's good that you're making uh, good use of your uh, your inheritance. I <laughs> I feel like I am. I feel like I am. Good. I Bridge. like I like the soul theme. Yeah, Triggering Town Soul Review. Maybe that'll be the next one. Maybe not. I don't know. But uh, it was it was un, it was unusual. There. I mean, I don't know much about theater, and I, I don't think that I can do anything that dis, would distinguish myself or bring anything new to 
people who go to theater a lot, right? Wait a minute, wait a minute. Go go to theater? When you drop the article, suddenly we're in uh, fancy pants the, land. Go to theaters? I don't know. See, I don't even know. I don't know that world, really. And I don't need to. I'm not that interested in it. All right. And I don't have time myself to go to things, you know, to go to other people's <laughs> projects. <laughs> and we, I had, you know, but I wanted for the show, I had a lot of people who, you know, a mixture, a lot of poets, but then I had, you know, an actual actor and some people who were playwrights and actors and stand-up comedians and people yeah. who, are, who are involved in non, non-poetry related yeah. theater. You know, and uh, uh, it's it's tempting to think that I could do something in that world, but I can't. I don't want to. And so I was trying to figure out how to keep Triggering Town dynamic and 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 with uh, a big cast of a lot of different people, uh, and borrowing from theater stuff as I as I need to, but to keep it focused really on presenting poetry yeah. and narratives in a you know, literary stuff in a dynamic context. Yeah. Well, you don't you don't want to you don't want to um start feeling like you don't you don't want to define yourself as participating in a particular genre of artistic endeavor and then begin worrying about satisfying the pre-existing demands of that of that form you know you're, which i don't understand yeah and, yeah so you can yeah. you know you're making your own thing your your hybrid yeah. thing yeah um and not everybody understands not everybody involved understands that you oh. know or and certainly not certainly not the people who are Attending it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to keep that contract, keep keep from signing that contract with the audience. You know that this is going to provide normal um, theater feelings. You know, yeah. Uh, but you, you know, was there laughter? Was there applause? Did people uh, congratulate you earnestly afterward? I think so. There was a lot of there was a lot of laughter. It cracked it cracked people up, and as often the case, it wasn't always what we expected. Yeah, <laughs> I remember uh, I remember Rian giving a reading uh, at our old alma mater, uh, Oberlin, um, and she read from her novel, and um, people kept laughing because her writing is funny, and she just looked up at one point and said, "This isn't funny." <laughs> <laughs> but of course it's you funny yeah. you don't get to decide whether it's no, funny or not you, apparently you don't <laughs> yeah uh, it was pretty funny some of, the, had lots, some of it was there was some funny writing or just some pr- surprising things that were said uh, but a lot of it was the delivery Sarah Galvin um, who yeah do you remember was on the our, our live podcast uh, a year ago because this is Bumbershoot weekend yep Labor Day weekend um, was just hilarious most of what she read were versions of either things that she'd written or my interpretations of things that she might have written. You know? <laughs> um, so she was able to, and she was dressed as George Washington in a wig and a and with centaur a, with a horse body. Yeah, yeah. So it was funny. And she 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 read sort of with a George Washington seriousness, you know, <laughs> just crack a smile. She looked very presidential. Good. Yeah, I saw the pictures on Twitter. I, yeah. I was impressed with the costume. It was good. She looked good. Uh, so almost everything she said cracked people up. Great. Because she's a, she's hilarious. Yeah. And our Abe Lincoln was good. Our broy um, Abe Lincoln in this <laughs> Budweiser shirt with his sleeves ripped off, cut off shorts. It was pretty good. Abe Bro Lincoln? Abe Lincoln Park? 
Abe Abro Lincoln. Abro yeah. Lincoln. Abraham. Yeah. And uh, good stand-up comedian. He didn't do a stand-up bit. He did a, a monologue, but uh, it was good. Named Brett Hamill. It's very good. This guy yeah. Spike Friedman. It's fantastic. Oh, good name. Spike Friedman. Yeah. He's a, a playwright, and he also is a sports writer. Good combination. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, but my uh, the, the the person who's going to be our stage manager called called me on like Wednesday night before the show and said I can't do it. Oh no! And so I had to do. I had to be the stage manager. Oh, that's why you were. That's why you had to learn the lighting then. So I had to. Yeah, I already said. I'd already. She'd already backed out enough that I had had to set up the lighting cues, which took several days. Uh, but all she, all she would have to do is sit there and press a button. Really, yeah. just press a button. Can I ask you something? But so I had to, so, but that's why I had to do that, and and so I, I I wasn't a performer, and so this guy Spike took over and read all the lines that I'd written for myself as sort oh. of the host figure, and improved on them. Oh, or, good. You know, turned them into his own thing, and he's a good yeah. writer himself. Um, are you was, Are you disappointed great. that you didn't get to MC it? No, <laughs> I really, I really was, was really happy not to. So this way I could watch it. I mean, I, I you know I didn't. We wrote it as a collaboration, as an ensemble. But I had, you know, I had, I had put it all into word. You know, I mean, I had, yeah. I had shaped and fashioned it. Even though I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I didn't write it all. I wrote a lot of it, but, um, you know, I had sort of decided what workshop things. But you know, what went, went where, and and I, I had, I had made the machine of it, and it was nice to just watch the machine run. Yeah, good. Yeah, well, well, I saw you know you had been tweeting from the from the booth, and uh, I was I was confused because I thought you were supposed to be on the stage. So that explains that explains. Yeah, that. I was in the booth. So have you ever had? I mean, that's it sounds like that worked out fine, and you probably went into it feeling that you had your stage manager things more or less. Yeah. I sort of knew she was. I sort of knew. Oh really? Yeah, I sort of knew. Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. It's good to go. But yeah. have you ever had? You know the kind of literally the the nightmare scenario where you know the thing you dream about where you are utterly unprepared for for something you uh, show up for something you're supposed to perform something you're supposed to do a, take a test you and you are one hundred percent not prepared for it and you blow it spectacularly. Has this happened to you? Has it actually happened in real life? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Every day in some form. Oh. <laughs> um. Not to not to that nightmare level. I'll tell you that when I was dreaming this morning, I think I was worried about waking up in time for for this. Oh, um, but I, I because dreamed the, that the consequences are grave if you're dire. late for the podcast. Well, you get grumpy. You get grumpy. If I you get don't. I get a little but grumpy. If there's tech tech things. Yeah, I'm a grown up. I should sort this stuff out on my own. And it's a little later in the day there. Yeah, you know. So we're we're not really on the same page. I'm into the day's schedule. By the yeah. time we podcast, usually when we're done, I have breakfast. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, by the way, you sound great. The mic, Thank you, John. everything sounds perfect today. Good. Yeah, but go on. You you're the, the microphone is resting on a on a dish towel in perfect. a drawer. I'm not touching it. Yeah, it's good. no. There's no uh, no noise. You sound good. Um, and you look good. I, thanks. Well, it will look a little rough. Well, that's in a good way, in a in a charming way. Um. I dreamed that I was giving my um, MFA thesis reading. Oh. <laughs> another, was, another massively consequential 
uh, event. Right, right. Uh, but it wasn't the dream. In the dream, like it was, it was, it wasn't. I wasn't twenty-two in, in grad school. I mean, it, I was myself now. Um, there, there were there were there, there were stakes attached to it. I mean, that, yeah. that's what it was. But a lot of people were coming, and uh, you know, I felt like there were expectations. Like I was. I felt like it was it was just like a show starting at four, right? Kind of like like this last show, um, and for some reason I didn't wake up until four thirty, in the dream. <laughs> yeah, I slept in until four thirty, <laughs> and I was and I you know so, so I so I got there I'm like an hour late to this thing and most everybody's left but I'm still, um, you know, gonna try to give some sort of reading. Of it, but I just kept you know, trying to apologize and explain. Look, I haven't slept past seven since my child was born. You know, I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand how this happened. I don't understand why, how I slept to four thirty when I had my was reading at four. I guess I'm not a poet anymore. Yeah. I actually, I've had, I've had variations of that dream over the last week a lot, yeah. tied to the show, I suppose. Sure, sure. And also, I you know, there's probably more of this in the future as your as your child enters the American system of um, you know public child rearing, where you have to be at things on time, you have to participate in things that don't particularly interest you, and you ha- otherwise you'll be accused of insufficiently caring for your for your little one, and that's a pain right. in the ass, and resulted in nightmares for me. Yeah. Uh, fifth grade band concerts, things yeah. like that. Yeah. Eagle Scout ceremonies. Yeah, Any? scouting was short short lived in in our household, but um, l- luckily ceremonies. <laughs> what the kids really like to do is um is read and play video games and and play music. So yeah. they they don't have a lot of always a loose schedule for that sort of. Thing. Yeah, yeah, but um. But you know, back back when we were were trying to give it the old college try and be, you know, be responsible parents, there was a, a quite a lot of anxiety about that. Shame, shame at failure to uh, toe the line. Yeah. But this morning, this morning, you're feeling more relaxed in the wake of your dream. You woke to realize. I, am, yeah, I woke that up and, and everything's and fine. Was, yeah, everything was fine. Very good. Hey, I, so. Yeah, go on. My MFA thesis reading is long in the past. <laughs> I comforted myself with with that knowledge. Yeah, yeah. I haven't I haven't heard you give a reading in quite some time. I I, I would like to do that. Well, I haven't. I, I give them. I, I read. I know, I but up. I we we don't live in the same town. I I'm not there. That's true. That's true. Come to Mankato. Hey, maybe January. you should maybe you should come down to uh, Lawrence uh, when I'm there and uh, and hang out. I don't and know what the November date is. Tour? Yeah, mm-hmm. this will be this will be in November probably. Well, not might actually because that'll be around Thanksgiving. Yeah, I was thinking of coming going home for Thanksgiving. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll we'll keep that. Uh, I'm going to the Winfield Bluegrass Festival in a couple of weeks. You've decided to go. I decided to go. Great. I'm going to fly. Uh, Flying to Kansas City and and visit my dad and then and brother and drive down for a few days and then go back up to you know see my dad again and then fly out. I was able to do so for free. Really? I have all these miles on Alaska Airlines, 
and it's all blacked out for the holidays, so I can't use this these miles for holiday travel. You mean like uh, Christmas, New Year's, right? When you say holiday, oh, victory over Japan Day and <laughs> um, Hitler's Arbor birthday. Day. These are the these are the holidays I was thinking of. Okay, it's all blacked out for Hitler's birthday. <laughs> I, it's I don't know how to how to interpret that. <laughs> Why does Alaska Airlines not want me to travel on Hitler's birthday? Is that out of deference to Hitler? Is it like a Sabbath to them? Did they they don't want you? Yeah, time, they want time. you to stay at home contemplating on Hitler's birthday. Or? Let's start the Twitter shaming. That's you'll be getting some you'll be getting some free. What is Alaska Airlines class? hiding? <laughs> Swastikas, of course, under the logo on their planes. It's a yeah. you peel away the magnetic, uh, the adhesive logo, and there's swastikas under there. Well, the the American Airlines, their planes all have uh, like an Inuit fellow, I think. Yeah, yeah. So maybe that's like a cover up tattoo over their swastikas. <laughs> So I couldn't use this 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 uh, these miles for the travel that I'm going to be taking, and they're just sitting there, and there's a lot of them, um, and they're sort of, but they're all the airlines are sort of slowly, quickly, sort of divesting themselves of of the miles program because it's not really working out financially for them. Oh, um, so I need to use them, and so I'm I'm flying back to Kansas. Uh, direct shot. What would normally be uh, what what if I wasn't doing the miles would be a six or seven hundred dollar ticket um, oh. for uh, an eleven dollar convenience fee. Nice, really nice. And I get to go to Winfield. Yeah, really nice. Well, that'll be fun. I'm How, long you, to it. How long? How long? I'll be there? there just like Wednesday to Sunday. Yeah, I'm doing. A, I've been commissioned for the Hugo Literary Series in October to do some music. Oh, they have. Three readers. They do this four times a year. They have a, a, a poet, a fiction writer, and a nonfiction writer, and they have uh, someone doing music. And it's all it's commissioning new works from everybody. And uh, and I did the literary series a few years ago as a reader, um, so I'll be doing original music. Great. And it's uh, Dean Young, Rue Freeman, and uh, Alyssa Washuda uh, are the, the readers. These are cool, and, talented uh, people. Pretty good. It's a pretty good lineup, and so I'm, I've got to write like five songs to perform, which will be great. Between I now and October, what, yeah. I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do. So I'm going to try to get them done by the time I go to Winfield, yeah, uh, where where I hang out with all my friends who write songs and and play music for a few days and drink cheap beer, and uh, and so hopefully try to have the songs more or less finished by the time I go to Winfield. You can play them there. Play them, get used to them, yeah. improve upon them, do and you, then October will be a cakewalk. Do you, have that, uh, do you have a recording of that song that you sung uh, at our live, at our Bumbershoot episode? My one song, Oh yeah. Fire? Yeah. Uh, I do. Well, it's been recorded by uh, some other people. Oh, yeah? It's available on the, the iTunes or oh. YouTube. Qu- give us a link. What's who's who are the people? Oh fire. Who are uh, there's Mike West. Oh fire. Kanye West comes up. Dark Kanye West. Oh 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 oh. 
Sex yeah. is on fire. I'm the king of Leona Lewis. I wrote that. <laughs> I'm putting quotes around things too. People love to listen to um, people googling. That's what it's I've a good sound. About. That's what good I've learned sound. about. Uh... Did you find something along the lines of it? Uh, something on a playlist on radioactivity.fm. WTUL. Oh, it's just a it's a playlist for someone's uh, radio show, but I can't uh, can't find it. But anyway, if you find if you find it, Amazon you Amazon link to it. Oh, good. That's what we want. And then uh, Jeff and Vita recorded it. This is great. This is great. I'll, I will buy this uh, MP3. Oh, fire! Oh, with just the letter O. Of course, I should have known. You're a poet. Poet don't need no H. Yeah. Well, Ophir, that was the name of the, the horse that was uh, uh, there was a photo of a, of a winning horse, you know, with the winner's circle at Blyuz's bar in, in uh, New Orleans where we would play every Tuesday night. Yeah. And I thought that would be a nice name for a song. Uh, I agree. I agree that it is. Um, and then Jeff, Jeff and Vita, who are also, I think, on on uh, iTunes and YouTube, um, also a couple of, did a very nice version of it. Both very nice versions, both very different from each other. Um, I'm grateful did, to both of them you, for recording you, it. You've, you've I got had, you've like one hundred sixty dollars one time for it. Really? I didn't know any of this. Yeah. You had you had a song of yours recorded by artists who were not you twice. That's yeah. that's extraordinary. This song is. I mean, it's not. This song has has a little life of its own. Um, I, I when I last time I went to Winfield, I mean, because people play it. It's this a kind of a campfire song right. now in that in that Winfield world to some degree. Uh, who have heard Jeff and Vita do it or Mike West do it, and uh, somebody came and said that they you know had uh, had it sung at at her uh, husband's funeral. It was a song that he liked very much. You know, so. if I think that if you and Alice had contracted some disease that took away your ability to write poetry, essays, fiction, or what have you, you could Ebola. What is that? Is that one of the things that it does? Yeah. yeah. Well, no wonder everyone's so worried about it. They won't be able to write poems anymore. Yeah. Uh, I think that either of you could. Could make or ha- have made uh, impressive careers as songwriters. Well, that's nice. Nice to think. Hopefully, I'll, I'll write five a- adequate songs over the next few months. It could be the name of your EP. Five adequate songs. Yeah, yeah. Um, we had some music at the uh, uh, Triggering Town Review. Yeah, I think I sent you the Moon Doggies link. Yeah. Um, and they, they, they played great. They kind of, uh, um, they kind of reminded me of my own band actually. Yeah. But, uh, but they didn't play a, um, uh, a, uh, moon doggies set. Cause we only had two of the moon doggies. Uh, the, the main guy, Kevin Murphy, who has a beautiful voice, both in the moon doggies and then his solo stuff. Um, and then John Pontrello, 
who plays in, in the Moondoggies. Um, he's a fine multi-instrumentalist um, and does his own things. I think I just sent you a, record, a YouTube it, of him doing a song that he played at the show called Lou's Got the Flu. It's a Roger uh, Miller song? Roger Miller song, but he's got his own take on it. Yeah. I'm, he personalizes it, not like John Pontrello's got the flu. Personalizing, yeah. but I'm I'm listening to it right now. It's it's nice. I don't think our arrangement of it. Yeah, our listeners yeah. can't hear me listening to it, but it's it's good. It's good. I'll I'll put it in the notes. That's so really nice. We nice have different. It. We have different people do the uh, do the music, the the soul music uh, next time. I I think we will. Although I hope it was really nice having Kevin and John, um, and they've they also played my book party last year. So I I. Uh, uh, I, they're the people I go to for this sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, but the, my co-producer is also a musician, and his band is called Ghosts I've Met. Yeah, yeah, you told me about that too. I've played that on you before. Um, and, uh, and, of course, he played. Did, did a great job. Um, so speaking of uh, travel to places, I have I've booked, booked room and everything, tickets, plane tickets for AWP in April. I've done a kind of strange thing, which is I've actually booked all four nights, like Wednesday to Sunday, and I'm not sure why I did that. And I might, I might cancel the Wednesday. Is anything going to happen on Wednesday night? Will yeah. I be alone in Minneapolis? No, no, no. There, there'll be. Actually, I think some of the most interesting things happen on Wednesday night is as far as off sites. Oh, um, and that's Great. that's just like uh, like this bluegrass festival I go to. I go to it for the the campground picking, and I never go to the stage, yeah. right? Because the stuff on the stage is tripe, largely. Okay. <laughs> you know, it's stomach lining. Uh, <laughs> it's not very interesting to listen to. Um, and so at AWP, I think a lot of the the events that are actually part of the, the program are, you know, the, the the panels and things. They're fine. Uh, but I'm not that interested in going to them no, no, or navigating the Warren to no. go to them. Why are they so um, crowded? Why do the, those rooms the, fill up? I don't get I don't it. It's baby boomer. It's a. It's a. It's, I don't know. It's a big deal. <laughs> so, it's, but the, the 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 best events, the best things are the offsites. Yeah, which are kind of like the campground picking. Really well, you know, better, electric literature is going to be there, and yeah. they've they they've vowed to uh, cut us in on their festivities. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. The off the offsites are the best thing. And, yeah. and and sitting like sitting in the lobby um, and just catching up with friends as they come and go according yeah. to no schedule. Excellent. Yeah, that's my plan. All right, all right. Then I feel better about because it's you know with any luck uh, Cornell's going to be paying for it. So, um, uh oh, I think I've lost you. Oh, I've lost you. We're reconnecting. Won't you come back to me, Ed Scoob? Won't you come back to me? Are you hungry for lunch? Well, then let's have lunch. Do you want some lunch? Well, then we'll give you some lunch. Do you have a hankering for lunch? Well, then come to It's time for lunch box with Ed. 